Awesome. Well, welcome again. If you're a guest or visitor, we're glad to have you join us online or in person today. I have something I want to share with you on my heart, but before I do, I want to give a special welcome to somebody you may not have met yet. Um, how many of you know we have a preschool here on site, a precious child care? We have a lot of kids, and when you are in charge of that, you're kind of the mom over many, and you are caring for children when their parents are not able to during the day. And um, we've been through a lot of transition lately, but I want to welcome our new director of our preschool. Her name is Connie Keller. Would you just stand up for just for a moment? <laughs> And church, I want to ask you to pray for her in this season of transition. She moved here for this job, and we are so grateful. I was talking to her a little bit this week and um, found out we went to the same college in California. It was a little tiny, a little college, but just kind of a neat, the connections that the Lord has made and just make her feel welcome and pray for her for the direction that the Lord gives her for this school. And it's a great task, and we want her to continue to love on our kids the best I know she knows how. So thank you for joining us this morning too, Connie. Glad to have you. So I wanna see if there's any kids in the house. Um, if you can finish these statements, let's see how well you do. Eat your vegetables. Wow, well, you guys are good, awesome. Don't pick your, awesome. Just wanna make sure I'm speaking to the right crowd here this morning. I'm not going to <laughs> Ask you again. Okay, we might have heard that one again. Uh, please clean your... Awesome. Um, you will always be my... Baby. <laughs> Some of you are like, I'm not sure. <laughs> Why would you say those answers just a little louder? Well, okay, good. I'm speaking to the right crowd this morning. Uh, Mother's Day is an incredible day. It is not a Christian holiday but it is a time to honor and specifically show honor to our parents. I wanna say happy Mother's Day, Mom. I know you're watching, because you told me you would. Um, and she's in California watching, but I love you, and I'm glad that you're my mom. You have strength and wisdom beyond my years, so thank you for imparting to me. Special thanks to her. Well, this morning I wanna talk about something that's not talked about often, and maybe it's misunderstood. It's a very big topic, but I wanna to just touch on it this morning if I can. And it, that is the honor, the word honor. It's the first commandment with promise. In Exodus 20, 12 is where it begins, where God lays out his commandments and says, honor your father and mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. It's repeated again in the New Testament. If you're, some people say the Old Testament's kinda of old. <laughs> Well, it is called old. But the New Testament says it as well and repeats it. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. How many like wellness? Yes. How many like to live long? That'd be great, right? I know some people don't and their time is short, but this is a promise that God has given us. So we are to honor our parents as children, as teens and adults. And I want to touch on all three of those this morning, if I may. But first, let me tell you a story. I've got lots of stories, so hopefully by my example and my stories I share with you this morning, they'll speak to your heart and I will be humbled by some of my experiences. Uh, one is my sisters and I, when we were young, probably uh, elementary school, we wanted to surprise our mother with a birthday dinner. But we, for the life of us, did not really remember how old she was. So we decided to, um, she was at work, and we decided to call our aunt, her sister, my Aunt Janice, 
to ask her how old she was, because we knew that she was two years younger than my mom. And so we called her, she told us her age, and so we made dinner, and we made this big happy birthday banner with my mom's age on it. My mom comes home and she was so excited and so happy. She, first of all, was like, I didn't know you girls could cook. <laughs> like, well, we watch you all the time, mom. It just blessed her. And then she's like, how, how did you know my age? And we're like, well, we called Aunt Janice and she told us her age. So we learned two things that day. One, that my mom was actually older than we thought, but she was super blessed that we thought she was so young. Apparently my aunt had lied about her age, not knowing what we were asking. So uh, thank you, Aunt Janice. We did end up blessing my mom, so I guess it worked out. Secondly, we learned not to show our mom what we could do in the kitchen because it um, gave us more chores and more work to do. <laughs> but you know, honor is something that we have to work at. It's something that we have to practice. But there are so many reasons, like in this story I told you, that we don't give honor because it might create more work or it might look a certain way to somebody. And our culture has also found ways to dishonor often making it a joke or a comedy. I don't know if many of your kids or as you have grown up or your kids are growing up, they're watching what we call teeny bopper shows. Yes, no, okay, maybe just mine. And sometimes my kids as they're watching these shows, um, I, I learned something from another parent. I learned as they were watching to say, hey, you're not gonna be like that sassy teenager, right? I wanted to instill in them that what they were watching was not what I wanted them to become. And so I would start to do this, but if it became more and more intense and it was affecting their behavior and I noticed it, I would tell them, I noticed you're starting to act like that teenager in that show you're watching, so we're just not gonna watch that show. And I also try and point out the, the moments where teenagers, because I'm in that mode, I've got a teenager, I have one that's going to be a teen this week, please pray for me, and then I'm gonna have next week a tween, so please, I'm gonna need some extra prayers in my life, um, some extra support. And, you know, in these, these shows, I told them, I said, you know, do you notice there's no parents around? That their kids are kind of in charge? They do this all the time in these shows. I'm like, this is not the way it's supposed to be. But our culture is constantly saying that kids are in charge. And these are the attitudes that they begin to present, even if it's funny. We can laugh at it all we want, but it affects how we live and how we relate to one another. You know, oftentimes I feel, you may not believe this, but I feel like I am a terrible parent. I'm gonna be very just honest with you guys this morning. I've been accused of being very strict. It hurts as a mom. There's no perfect moms out there. Some of you might relate to this. I've been accused of feeling as though I'm failing at discipline because I have people come and tell me, well, you should just do this, as though they have no idea, like I have no idea how to raise my child. But then I, sometimes I'm, I have to think of myself, well, maybe you come raise my child. <laughs> you don't know them. <laughs> but I have this feeling, and I, or maybe I don't do enough activity-wise for them. I constantly have a nagging voice in me that says I'm messing up. Anybody mom feel that way? So, or I'm messing them up is the other one I feel like. <laughs> so sometimes I, for the sake of sanity, like to stop and ask my children, sorry, I'm gonna turn this so that I can see bigger words. Here we go. Um, 
I ask my kids check-in questions, like kind of how am I doing? I don't know if anybody else does this but me, but I'm like, okay, guys, this week I ask them, so, hey, kids, how have I taught you honor? You know, I want to find out if I'm doing an okay job working on it. I'm a work in progress. I'm not perfect at this. And one of my kids responded and says, you don't let me always get my way, even if it's hard and not what I want. I was like, yes, thank you, Jesus. If I ask them tomorrow, it might not be the same answer. But hey, you know, in our family, we do try and tell our children the why not. Want to give them understanding why we're asking them to do something, why we ask them to go to church with us, why we ask them to go to prayer with us. It's not always easy, and sometimes I'm dragging them behind me. You'll, you, I hope you've seen it, I'm sure. Um, but we try and tell them the whys and, and so that they can understand that there is a reward in honoring what I'm asking them to do. And this is what this verse says, honor your parents and you, it will be well with you and you will live long on earth. There's a promise there. And I think many times we pick and choose the things we want to grab hold of in the word of God. We pick and choose the commandments that we want to obey, the easy ones, or the ones that seem fair to us. But this is one that in our culture, specifically in American culture, we don't always follow. Or maybe it's a difficult one for you to follow because of your experience. But it is a promise. And of course, it's easier to be disrespectful. You ever seen the examples on, there's one on YouTube of a church that did this to a young young adult group. They had two people stand up and they were kind of bantering back and forth with negative comments for each other. Not terrible, but just they were able to, oh, I don't like this and I don't like this and you're that and you're that. Really fast. Within a minute, they were able to spout out so much. And then the pastor of the group said, well, turn and now I want you to compliment each other. And they did it for, quickly for just a, a few seconds, but then it became harder and harder for them to think of something. It's so easy in our nature to find something negative to complain about, something negative to spout off, because we have triggers in our emotions and our experiences, and it's easier to find fault than it is good. Our familiar places with people can cause us to be dishonoring to them, and it become more difficult to see them as they are. Something I felt from the Lord was a scripture that is somewhat familiar to us, and I hope I can apply this in a way that you will understand. It's something that spoke to me in Matthew 13, verse 57 through 58. As Jesus taught, he said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own home and in his own household. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. So Jesus was in his hometown, and he was... They're wanting to do something, but he couldn't do miracles because of their unbelief. And that unbelief is translated as a negativity or a disobedience. See, as children, grown children, we can be disobedient to God's word. We can not allow the power of God to flow because we're not obeying his word. When he says, honor your parents, you will live long. We don't live that way, so we're not going to receive that promise. We live sometimes in disobedience. We become so familiar with our parents and their ways, and what they do, and how they are. You know, they're quirky. Most teenagers are like, yes. Okay, but you learn, we have to learn to honor them, and I want to talk to that a little more this, this morning. So we can, in the same way, we can be familiar with how Christianity works. So let me put it this way. When we honor our parents, we're learning to honor God. 
When we teach our, parent, our kids obedience, we're teaching them obedience towards God. It's going to translate. But us as adults, when we don't show honor to God, what are we teaching the next generation? We have to live those examples. So when we're so familiar with how Christianity works, what the Bible says, we quickly dismiss the power and the person behind it. We can be acclimated to what the world says and how the world says we're supposed to treat our parents, how the world says we're supposed to act towards one another. Oh, but you know what? When I was young, I struggled with honoring my parents and doing what my friends said. I was ridiculed so many times by my own sisters, <laughs> I love them dearly, um, by my friends because they always wanted me to do something that I knew was not honoring to my parents. It was hard and I didn't always choose right, but I had this struggle within me that, God, I know that your word says this and I wanna follow it, but I keep messing up and I know that they're gonna make fun of me. See, our culture, we acclimate to what our culture says is more important when it's not. We so easily are transferred to what our culture says and our traditions of what is. It's, it's so, like I said, those shows that our kids watch, it's so, they just what they do. They just, they ridicule, they're disobedient, they disrespectful, they do their own thing, right? How many of you been there? I know, you don't have to raise your hand. Like I was that, okay. But we need to follow God's commands and not our own. Right now our children are pattering their lives after us. Even if you're not their parent, they're going to watch what you do and say. Because there's a point where children start to look to others, not just their parents, as an example. So they're going to be watching the rest of you. Our kids in this building are going to be watching you and how you're living. And they're going to latch on to one of you and say, hey, I like the way they live. Or I like that pattern over there, whether it's good or bad. They're going to pick something. So what are they learning to deal in the imperfections as we are as parents? What are they learning? Are they learning to be bitter and angry to life's authority? Or are they going to be free to relate to the imperfections of the people over them and do so with honor? I know this is kind of a heavy topic. I hope you guys will stay with me. There's a quote today in, in Psychology Today that says, in relationships, the problem is not with familiarity, but more about that which we're acclimating. You guys understand acclimation? I'll give you an example. I moved here from, from California, and um, sunny, great weather, sun, sunshine. And um, my first winter here, it rained 30 straight, 33 straight days? No, I looked outside, you could, kid you not, I'd walk outside our house and I'd be like, where's the blue sky? I didn't see any, like California used to, it rains and then the peaks, sun peaks out. It wasn't happening. 33 days, and I was like, where did I move? What happened? And every, for about five years, I was like, Jonathan, we're gonna go visit California every January, December, let's go. I have to get out of here, I, can't, I don't know, it's dark. It's really dark here in the winter. And after about five years, I finally kind of acclimated to winters that I could actually stay and not run, okay? Acclimation sometimes takes a while, but we can acclimate to good and bad things, right? So he's saying we acclimate to something. For example, we acclimate to disrespectful, dishonoring, and negative energy all too often becomes familiar territory in relationships. These are elements that cause contempt, and contempt means worthlessness. We all thrive when we place value, when there's value placed on us or on somebody else. So when we teach honor to our children, 
they understand the value of that person and they understand that they have value. But if we don't honor, they're not going to see that there's, wor there's worth in a human being. It may not be in what they do or what they've done, but the person that they are, that they're a parent. We honor God because he created us. He made us to be his children. We honor him for that. We have to demonstrate it and show it. Children need to learn the same. So when we honor our parents, it teaches us to honor God. Children learn first to obey their parents, and they learn to honor God. Honoring is a good thing, right? We can all agree it's a good thing. But sometimes we run from God's, good, God's goodness. And I'll give you a quick example. In my life, I shared this with our girls' discipleship group uh, in the high, high school and middle school group. So bear with me, ladies, if you were there. When I was in high school, about 16 years old, my parents had separated. And my twin sister, we had all moved together with my mom. And my mom was a Christian, and my sister had become a really strong Christian. Turned her life around, praise God. She's now a pastor. Great, twinning pastors. Um, she had started pressing me a little bit in my relationship. You know when you get around people who are a little bit stronger than you, it kind of rubs you in a way. You're like, wait, do I want that? Do I not want that? And I had kind of let go of being filled with the Spirit. It was something I experienced when I was a kid, but then I thought it was me, and I just kind of like, I don't know about this. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit is a good thing, right? But when I was a teenager, I was like, I don't want this. I told my mom, I was like, forget it. I'm gonna, in my head, I'm like, I'm going to run away. I'm going to go see Dad for the weekend. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm tired of my sister pressing me. We got an argument over it. Argument over being filled with the Spirit. Seriously. This is how dumb I was. Okay, my mom started getting in the picture, which even was like, no, Mom, leave me alone. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. You've told me this my whole life. You know the statements, young people? that you hear over and over and over again. Maybe if you just do it, just all good, right? Okay, there you go. There you go, moms. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out this morning. Anyways, I told my mom, I said, I'm going to go visit dad for the weekend, uh, and I'll come back on Monday. And she's like, well, promise me one thing. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> promise me you'll go to church. I'm like, well, my dad doesn't go to church. My older sister's there. She doesn't go to church. Okay, fine. I promise. So I drove a couple hours away, running away. Didn't want to hear anything else about this. I was like, okay, I promised my mom. I got to fulfill my promise. So I went back to my old church. This is a huge church. had a big balcony. And I'm, I'm going through all these motions of like, I'm going to go sit in the balcony so I don't run into anybody I know. I'm going to come in late. And I'm just going to, I'm going to hide in the balcony. All of this because I'm so, I oh, just, oh man, you guys. The things we do. Right? So I go up in the balcony, I'm sitting there, the service goes on, and there's a guest speaker. Now, growing up in this church, it was an Assemblies of God church, and they didn't, for some reason, I don't remember them talking about the Holy Spirit very often, maybe once a year. So the guest speaker gets up, and you <laughs> don't believe this, I, I guess I still don't believe it, but the whole service, this whole message was on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, God, where can I run from your presence? You apparently want this for me. So I stood up at the end of service. I never questioned it again. And I said, God, I will never turn back away from you. My, this decision is now and for the rest of my life. I will serve you. I will grab hold of everything that you want. And from that point on, I made that decision and I never turned back. And that, for me, was a defining moment. But here's the, here's the kicker, guys. I went back home. You think I was proud? 
This is how I seriously, this is human nature. I went home and I was like, we were praying together with my sister and I was like praying under my breath in the Holy Spirit because I just, I didn't want a big deal. And I was like, my mom came in the room and I'm like, I'm not going to pray out loud because I know what she's going to do. She's going to be so excited. She's going to start crying and she's going to do her mom thing. (laughs) But I learned that it was okay. It was okay to, to process through things and eventually I was able to pray with my mom and and speak out and not hide what God was doing. The goodness, you run from the goodness of God. Why do we do that? Why do we run from honor and things that he says in the word that says, I've got a promise for you, a good thing for you. And we still don't do it. He wants us to honor, but let him speak to you about what honor really means. What his word says about what honor is. Not what our culture does. Not what you were, maybe you were taught wrong. Maybe you were taught the right way of honor. Continue in that. Show other people what that is. So let's talk a little bit about what honor really means. Honor in the Bible, it's a verb. It's an action. I know I'm an English, English major. Sorry, y'all. Um, it means to estimate or to fix a value upon, to revere. And it's, a, it's a respect to a person. It's an inward esteem that we outwardly express upon all occasions in our conduct towards them. So let the Lord speak to you. Do I do this? How am I doing this? You're going to mess up just like I did. But you got to keep going and keep trying. Because I know many of us, we can't say on all occasions, in every moment, I honor my parents. I'm still working on it. I'm still trying. I have one parent who's absolutely sold out for the Lord, living in the purpose of God, and I have one who's not. I have to learn to honor both of them. Because it's what God commands. Again, Mother's Day is not a Christian holiday. It's a commandment that we're supposed to do every day. So honor has to be taught from one generation to the other. God is very specific in his word about this. If you have your Bibles, can you turn to Psalm 78? We're going to read verses 1 through 8. Actually, if you have time to read this entire chapter, I would suggest it's very long, so we're not going to read it all this morning. But it says this. It says, Give ear... O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from, from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob, and he appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that, he, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children. So there was a heart in them to con- have this continue, that honoring, teaching the next generation of who the Lord is and what his commandments were. They want to say, hey, if I teach this to this generation, I want to teach it to that generation, to the next generation. So you can start now. If it's something that you haven't taught to your children, if it's something that you have learned, teach it to the next generation. Don't let it pass them by. In verse 7, it says, so that they should set their hope in God. This is why we teach the next generation, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. 
I wish I could reread this and say, but they kept his commandments. They were, they were honoring. They were not rebellious. They were obedient. They were a generation whose heart was steadfast, whose spirit was faithful to God. Wouldn't that be better testimony? That's what we want. That's what God wants. So let's teach it to the next generation. So let's talk about the next generation. Honor our parents through different stages of life. Are you ready? Just a few moments longer. I promise. I read this thing. It's called the stages of motherhood. So I'm going to go through a few ages here and see if you relate a little bit. It says four, year old, four years of age, they say mommy can do everything. Eight years of age, my mom knows a lot, a whole lot. At 12 years of age, my mother doesn't really know quite everything. At 14 years of age, naturally, mother doesn't know that either. Yeah, I've already heard that from some of my kids, unfortunately. They're not even 14 yet. Okay, it might be a different stage. Age 16, mother, she's hopelessly old-fashioned. 18 years of age, that old woman, she's way out of date. I hope you haven't said that to your mom. Lord, help you if you do. 25 years of age, well, she might know a little bit about it. When you turn 35, before we decide, let's go get mom's opinion. At 45, I wonder what mom would have thought about it. At 65, it's going to make me cry. Wish I could talk it over with mom. I know some of you have lost your parents, and I know how devastating that is. And I want to just honor you today, because your moms are special people. But we take for granted the time we have with them. We take for granted the parents that we have. Ooh, I didn't think I was going to cry a lot today. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about the stage of kids and how kids honor their parents. They honor them through obedience. Kids are taught that life skill of obedience to authority, right? Even if it's not easy, the first word they learn usually is no. Kids are taught to respect their position of authority. They don't always respect the person that they are yet. Kids are taught obedience, which leads to honor. Then obedience demonstrates honor to God. So they're learning. They're learning to respect you as a parent, then they're learning to respect God as a person. So they're learning to obey his commandments. There's a story about a kid, a little five-year-old girl. You ready for this story? It's called Standing Up on the Inside is Still Disobedience. A five-year-old girl was having one of those troubled-filled days with her mother. It seemed they spent the day arguing back and forth. Finally, the mom had enough. Jenny, go sit in the corner right now. Don't get up until I tell you. How many of you have um, heard those phrases before? Go sit in the corner, go to your room. Don't get up until I tell you. No one? All right. You guys, oh, okay, there's Pastor John. Thank you. <laughs> I promise I won't tell you to go sit in the corner. <laughs> Been a while. Okay, that's, that's good. Unless Pastor, we need to talk to Pastor Judy, but make sure that's a good story. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We love you. Love you so much. Okay, good parents. All right. So Jenny went to the corner and sat down, and in a few minutes she called back, Mom, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. 
How often are our kids doing this? We're like, I will obey you. My son, I'll tell one story, I will have to owe him money because I didn't ask him to share this. But when he was about two and we were hanging out in the kitchen and him and Grace were kind of getting into it. Grace may not remember this, but he was being a little bit ornery at the moment. And he, I've been in timeouts before. We have a timeout spot, especially if I'm in the kitchen doing stuff. I had a spot here and a spot in different parts of the house where you go and sit. And he decided to hit her. And I turned around right as he hit her, and I looked at him, and he just went and put himself on timeout. <laughs> I, I'm, he must have thought it was worth it. I hit my sister. I just, I just punished myself, but it's not really punishment because I'm doing it myself. It's kind of that, you know, love my, love my little Gabe. Not really little anymore. Um, so there's that, that nature in us, and it's the standing on the inside nature. Jewish people call it Yetzer Hara. It's the evil human mind, the inclination to do evil. It's the imagination of the heart that leans towards something that's not right. We all have it, and it means the heart is not changed. In Matthew 15, verses 5 through 9, it says this, but you say, if anyone tells his father or mother, what you have gained from me is given to God, he did not honor his father. That's what they say. They said, oh, you know, I don't need to honor you. I give this to God. This is my gift, and I'm not going to take care of you. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God, you hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy to you when he said, this people honors me with their lips. Just like this little girl. I'm going to honor you. I'm sitting down, but I'm standing up on the inside. Okay, honor me with their lips, for their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship me, teaching as doctrines and commandments of men. So how are we we're honoring just with our actions, which is good, but we need to honor from our heart. It needs to come from here. That's what we teach our kids, or need to be teaching our kids. But for the sake of our own traditions, it means giving up our, the instruction that we've been given by the Word of God, our own narrative, what we've acclimated to, we give up what God, doing what God's Word says in that real, absolute honor. It's essential that we teach our kids obedience so that the child will know how to obey God even when they don't feel like it. It's a tough stage, so pray for those moms. How many of you have littles in the room? See, lift your hands if you have littles. Everybody look around so you know the other face and you can pray for them. <laughs> Hallelujah, bless those moms. All right, teenagers, you ready? They're like, no, let me run out, let me go to the bathroom. Not allowed to leave, I'm watching. No getting up. Teenagers, this is another stage you actually do need to learn to honor your parent in a little different, little different way. You're still obeying, I hope. At this age, most teenagers will value what their friends dictate or say, and it challenges their obedience and their honor to their parents. They often try to follow after what their friends teach and they tend to follow their feelings. Now, my daughter explains to me in her health class. I don't know if I'll get this right. Where is Grace? Grace, where are you? You went away. Over there. You want to come explain this brain thing? To, come on. I'm going to embarrass you. She's like, Mom. She's a very, she is very eloquent with her words. So can you explain the cortex thingy that you explained to me that you learned in your class? Um, so for teenagers their prefrontal cortex is much less developed than their amygdala. And what their amygdala does is it, um, is it controls your feelings. And 
Your prefrontal cortex is like your reasoning part of your brain. And um, so because the prefrontal cortex doesn't work as well as your amygdala, um, a lot of people, a lot of teenagers base their feeling or base their decisions off their feelings. Did you get that? Because I'm not going to be able to repeat that. <laughs> she, we were talking about the car the other day, and I'm like, can you say that again? The amygdala what? I don't know. I can't. <laughs> like, you know words I don't know. This is where mom is not as smart as we think they are. <laughs> Apparently that moment. Thank you, Grace. I appreciate you. Um, so this is what teenagers do. They start to, their feelings become more over here and they're going to start following their feelings versus what they've been taught over here and their reasoning. So sometimes as parents, we try and reason with our teenagers where they're like, but I feel this way. So ask them about how they're feeling. There's a way that we can get in there. I do not believe in a culture that says teenagers can just do whatever they want. They still need to be taught. They still need a parent. They still need to have that interaction, but they, they need it in a different way. But we spend so much of our time telling them what to do when they're younger, we forget that we have to reason with them. We have to talk with them. Talk them through their emotions. Because they're emotional. Right? Every, all the teenagers said, no, I'm not. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> so they, they have this, this feelings of the feelings, and they become somewhat irrational. Right, parents? Don't say yes. Your kids are sitting right here. Okay. <laughs> Young people often find ways to evade their obligation and the command to honor. Same as kids like to run away and say no. They might say things like, but they did, or they do this, you don't understand. They're not worthy of honor. They grounded me for a month. You know, yes, there are moments, and I do want to touch this really quick, there are moments that parents have asked us to do things that are contrary to the word of God. And that is to be rejected. Sometimes there's unthinkable behaviors and actions that adults do, and that not, is not to be obeyed. I do want to say that. Because everybody comes from a different home. And if it's dishonoring to God, you don't need to do it. Some ways we honor our parents is in forgiveness and in the way we speak about them. Here's a scripture for you, teenagers. This is in Proverbs 30, verse 17. The eye that mocks his father. Can you point to your eye, young people? Just keep that finger there. The eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother. The ravens of the valley will pick it out, and the young eagles will eat it. So I hope if you remember one thing. I like that. I was like, that's pretty harsh. Thank you, Jesus, for not sending the ravens down on me as I, yeah, as I grew up. Thank you for your grace. So an author of one book, John Brown, he states this. He says, here is a point. A young person who is smart enough to realize that the Lord has placed a mom and dad in their life for a reason will escape many of life's hardships. All the parents say, amen. You know, as a teenager myself, here's a story for you, is I grew up in a disjointed household. My parents divorced when I was 16. They, they fought a lot. Um, sometimes I tried to figure out who was right in the situation. I was a middle child, so I always wanted to fix things, kind of figure out you know, who to kind of side with. Um, but I began from those situations to be disrespectful to my mom. I love my parents. I, I talk to them all the time, so they know a lot of this. 
But I became disrespectful because of what I also saw with my words and my actions. But when I gave my life, remember the story I told you at 16, I said, this is it. I had to go, I was so convicted about how I was treating my mom. I had to go and tell her, mom, we haven't been very nice to you growing up, and I'm sorry. She started to cry, and she's like, really? Thank you. But I also had to try and live differently <laughs> from that point on. But God had done a work in my heart where I had to recognize that I can't treat her the way I was taught to treat her. Whether I believed everything she said or did, I don't believe everything she just said or did was right. She has, everybody has their own stuff, right? But I had to treat her with respect and with honor in a different way. So I hope, I know this is a little forward, a little right out there, but this is my life. And I want to be open with you about, I've got realness too. I got stuff too. This age, teenagers, we see the flaws of our parents. I want you to remember though, you did not choose them and they did not choose you. You also need to remember that a broken clock is right twice a day. They may be broken, they may be weird, but they're right at least twice a day. Sorry, that was supposed to be really funny. <laughs> so love them, listen to them, accept them. Teens, you can appreciate their efforts in raising you. You know, parenting is hard work. It's challenging. Life would be a lot easier without you. You can thank them for putting up with you. Wow, that's a good way to honor them. Acknowledge the sacrifice it made. I, I read an article that said, like, how much it costs to raise a child between 1 and 18. And I used to hear when I was... When I was in my 20s, I used to hear parents saying, oh, I want to wait till I have financially set to raise a child. I'm like, what does that mean? Somebody explain that to me. Are you ever financially set? Okay, good. Yes. I got that right then. But I said that it was about $249,000 to raise a child, one child, between the ages of 0 and 18. So when your parents tell you um, that you are worth it, they really mean... You're, well, they'll tell you you're priceless. Do any of your parents tell you that? You're priceless. Well, there's a price here, but um, what they really mean is you're worth it all. And for most of you, you're worth a lot more. <laughs> translation. Parental translation for you. So honor your parents, teenagers. They love you. Adults. Yes, adults. How many adults in the room? Woo, yeah. We get to honor as well. And this is the last part here. We get to honor our parents. You know, most cultures, except for Western culture, honor and respect grows as you age. And in Matthew 15, we read this earlier, where it said, if anyone tells his father or mother, what you have gained from me is given to God, so I need not honor my parent. We all have excuses, or we don't want to provide and honor them. We're taught independence, focus on our own families, our kids and our careers, our most family homes have become so child-focused that we stop teaching them what it's like to honor the parent. You deserve honor. You're worth it. And if you don't teach them honor, they're going to disrespect God as well. They're not going to honor Him. It's going to be all about them. That's what our culture has become. It's all about the child, what they want, their desires, their needs. It's no longer about, hey, this is, treat them with respect, treat them with honor. 
One of the ways that adults sometimes make an excuse about honor is well, and money. And the way I do my finances, I'm not going to take care of my parents because this is my money, this is what I've earned. They have not taught and learned that their provision comes from God. Look what we heard from Bruce this morning. I can earn all this money. I can have It's not yours. If you can learn to honor God in your finances and teach your children the same, this doesn't belong to me. My husband's always doing this with their finances. They're like, oh, I, I said, thank you, honey, for providing for our family. He's like, oh, it's not me. It's a God. Sometimes I'm like, well, that's false humility, honey. Just thank you. He's like, okay, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, that's our little thing we go through. But, um, in a way that we just, we want to honor God. Thank you for giving me the ability to work. Thank you for providing me for daily. This is your finances. What do you want me to do with it? It belongs to you. We have to teach our children. This money belongs to God. You want a 12, 20, 100 square inch TV? Whatever they are these days. They get, big, they get bigger and bigger in my house. I don't know. Ben and I have been discussing the big giant screen up here, so I don't know how many feet that was. But um, they get bigger and bigger. The toys get bigger and bigger. I said, well, let's pray about it. And they're like, what? Pray about what? Our finances don't belong to us. They belong to God. And we want to do with, with it with what he says honoring our parents, providing for them, providing for our children. It's all this big thing where we just got to learn what it belongs to God. Honor belongs to him. And he says, honor your parents. You want to honor me? Honor your parents. So we must not forget to teach this to the next generation. You may disagree with how you were raised and excuse yourself from grabbing hold of this commandment, one rabbi says this, this is the opposite of a culture of honor is a culture of blame, where people cover their own faults by blaming others. You can blame all you want, why you don't do it, but it's still a commandment from our Father, and we still need to obey it. So how do we do all this? We honor by showing appreciation, providing for our parents in a time of need, speaking about them with grace, and if at all, if it's a hard thing for you to do and things have happened to you, forgive them. That's honoring them, is forgiving them. We are no longer obligated as adults to be obedient, but we're still called to com- by the commandment to honor them. One last story for you as we're in closing is of Pastor Jonathan. I'm going to tell him this morning. And a little bit of Pastor Judy. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Um, when John and I were first married, we were about 30 years old, and uh, we were going on a quick weekend trip or something, I don't even know where, and as we were heading out of town, the phone rings, and it's, it's his mom, and they start talking and chatting, and then I hear, you know, I'm sitting in the car, I'm hearing all this, and she's like, Judy's asking, well, where are you going, when will you be back, can you call me when you get there, and I'm sitting there going, wait, what? <laughs> I'll be honest, I was not the most gracious person in this moment. I had a little freak out, and um, she was asking all these details, and I was like, okay, wait, you're how old? What did I, who did I marry? I seriously was having this whole, I can remember it as clear as day. I asked him about it, and I'm still freaking out a little bit about, okay, is this normal? You're 30 and your mom's calling me? I just, I, it, was a familiar, it wasn't familiar to me. So he said, I didn't think much about it. She worries and she's my mom. And it turned something in me. It took me a little while. You know, I, I had to make sure there was no surprise drop-bys. So we were first married. There were some boundaries, you know, some things where we were like, no, this is, 
I love you. She didn't do that very often. Um, unless I don't remember, thank the Lord. All is forgiven, whatever it is. But I'm no, just kidding. Um, so I had to stop worrying about little things that were happening. And I realized Jonathan had learned to honor his mom. Even though he was 30, it was just a place of honor. And it was unfamiliar to me that I was like kind of cringing. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're, because you're taught in society what we were acclimated to is not let keep our parents at arm's length. Do this. There's a way that you can keep a distance but still be healthy and honor. Because your mom, as Pastor Judy is, will never stop worrying, praying, reaching, and loving her children to death. Right? Yes, she does. So thank you for being that crazy mom that calls her 30-year-old and asks for worrying about him because it's taught me a lot of what I want in my kids. So thank you. So God wants us to be a culture that displays honor in our actions. Will you stand with me? I want to read one last quote to you as we close this morning. It's from Kenneth Copeland. It says, Even if you cannot or do not have a relationship with your parents, You can choose not to think or speak ill of them, no matter what has happened. Forgive them for any offenses, and most importantly, pray for them. If you have a relationship with your parents, you can honor them by respecting their age and life experiences. Don't mock them at their abilities. Revere and respect them for who they are and what they've done for you. Speak with the utmost respect to them at all times, not just today. I challenge you, church, to be a church of honor. We can be a church of honor. We need to live as a culture of honor. Those coming in the doors, those who are yet to be saved, need to learn how to honor God, how to not just take I'm going to obey this command and not this one. How do we obey obey God and honor him in all things? Where's Debbie? Oh, there you are. (laughs) Right in front of me. So again, Ephesians 6, 2 says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Do you want his promise? It's a choice. You get to choose to obey it that it may be well with you and you will live long on the earth Christians I believe are supposed to be the longest living people because of the power and the promise of God don't make his word of none effect by following after the traditions of what you've been taught and what our culture says is honor ask God how am I supposed to honor my parent Maybe your parents not saved, not a Christian. Maybe they treated you bad. How do I, God, how do I need to show honor to my parent? If they're not here, you can, how do I teach the next generation to honor? It doesn't stop. We will lose a generation if we don't teach them to honor. Will you close your eyes for just a moment? I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come forward and stand here at the front. If you're part of our prayer team, can you come on up? So maybe today there's a place that 
you've recognized, the Lord has put his finger on that you feel you may need to repent of dishonoring. And you want to receive from the Lord today that repentance, the gift of repentance to say, God, I'm sorry. I have dishonored my parents and in so doing, I have dishonored you. Maybe you need prayer for healing for something that God has prompted in you today. You need healing from some past things that have gone on. Our prayer teams are gonna be up here to pray with you. So as I pray, I'm gonna ask you to come forward if you need to respond to something that the Lord has put in your heart today. But just close your eyes if you're there and just pray in your heart. Just ask God to show you this morning. I know there's still things in me that he's working on. So let's pray together. Lord, I pray this morning. I thank you for your word and the power in your word. I pray that you would restore the expression of honor through our lives. You would restore how we honor our parents and how we honor you, God. We're sorry for taking for granted your word and the power of your word and the things that you ask us to do. We want to live right before you, Lord. We want to be a church that walks in your commandments, honoring one another in love. We need you to forgive us for what has been done to us, things that we have done that are not right before you. We ask for your forgiveness today, Father. If we have been dis disrespectful or disobedient, teach us, God, how to be obedient and respectful so that we can bring glory to your name and please your heart so that the world around us can see what an incredible God you are, what an incredible Father you are, and how much blessing you have for us. God, you have so many wonderful things for us. You want to forgive us. You want to give us your acceptance. But we also need to do our part and walk in all that you've commanded us. Thank you for the promise that things will go well with us. And thank you for this word this morning. We just lift your hands for a moment, church. I just want you to thank him. Thank him for your parents. Thank him for the provision. Thank him for his love. Thank him for opportunity to be one who will lead in honoring. We just thank you, Lord. Can we sing a song in closing this morning?